Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 1st of May, 2022. On today's show, we will take a look at the Big 12's NFL draft and discuss winners and losers from the conference. So, a few winners with a few losers. My thoughts on certain fits for certain guys and kind of the future of the conference in relation to the NFL draft. All that and more coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Glad you are joining us today. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. You guys can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Final day of the kind of different setup. We'll be back home, uh, still in Kansas City right now. We'll be back home tomorrow, normal setup. So the rest of the week, you guys should have the normal audio quality. The Eddie Mike, just a little bit of a downgrade from the home rig that I've got going. So hopefully not too much of a drop off for you all. Uh, find us wherever you guys get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. On Friday's show, we talked about kind of that first round in the future of the Big 12. And, uh, you know, people kind of laughed the Big 12 for the, the lack of first round picks. But really, the Big 12 ended up having, a, I thought, a really good rest of the draft. In the end, the Big 12 got 25 players picked. Um, the SEC had 65. The Big 10 had 48. Pac-12 had 25, as did the Big 12. The ACC had 21, and North Carolina and Virginia Tech actually led the charge there, which is pretty funny. Uh, you know, not the schools you'd think right now. They had 21 uh, for the ACC, as I mentioned. AAC with 19, uh, 9 for Cincinnati, 3 for Houston. We'll get to them in a little bit. 1 for UCF and 1 for BYU. Mountain West had 11, Mac with 6, CUSA 6, as did the Sun Belt. Uh, and then Independence, uh, obviously, had, had some picks as well. But um, just want to, you know, start this kind of general conversation where we get to winners and losers. Like, you know, the the, the beginning of the second round featured a, featured a couple of Big 12 guys going. And you know, let's just actually – let's just dive into it about like, winners and losers. You know, I, I thought Baylor, in terms of winners, that's my winner number one. I thought the Baylor Bears had a really nice draft. Now, out of the Big 12, I'll give you guys this quick breakdown here of who had the most players – Yes, Oklahoma had seven, which was the most, but Baylor had six, and I love the six that they had and kind of you know what it means moving forward. Get to that one second. Iowa State with four, Oklahoma State with three, Texas Tech with two, K-State with two, and KU with one. So Baylor has six players go on the draft, Jalen Petrie, Tyquan Thornton, JT Woods, Terrell Bernard, Treston Ebner, and then Kalen Barnes. And I, uh, the way, the reason why I like this draft so much is that four of those six guys are defensive players. And when you think about who their coach is, Dave Rani, think about the job that he and Ron Roberts did, especially last season. In the first season, too, to some extent, I think their defense's performance was a bit colored by the fact that, uh, you know, the offense was putting them in bad spots all the time. So you kind of know it's kind of a murky picture of how good their defense was because their offense not really putting them in a good spot. I don't think that gives us the full clear view uh, of what we can see a bit murky there. Um, so, you know, I think that having those uh, four defensive players go with Jalen Petrie, JT Woods, Terrell Bernard, Kalen Barnes, that's really important. And then also, you know, showing just not defense getting skill guys like Tyquan Thornton and Tress and Ebner, 
who are two different kinds of players, right? We have Tyquan Thornton, real speed wide receiver. You got Treston Ebner, who's got a ton of experience as a running back, but also one of the most dangerous special teams players, not just in the Big 12 Conference, but in all of America. You put that together, this is an eclectic draft, you know, that, that Baylor had. And I think when you have players like Jalen Petrie and Terrell Bernard, like those are the kinds of guys that just make your team better. Jalen Petrie goes to the Texans at 37. And you look at this Texans defense, you know, I'm not going to go through all of these guys and and uh, how they fit everywhere, but the Houston Texans are a team right now that's just trying to put good players on the field, right? They're trying to build that team up. I actually like Davis Mills. They get a nice season. I think if Davis Mills, you know, was in college and kind of showed a little bit of what he showed last year in the NFL, I think Davis Mills is probably a first round player. You know, people, if you didn't pay attention to NFL and I don't blame you, it might not be everybody's taste. And look, I don't, I can't, you know, claim to say I've watched a lot of Texans football, but at 23 years old, I think Davis Mills for not having played a lot out of Stanford at the end of the year last year was putting up some really good numbers had a really great game against the Chargers 21 for 27 254 and two touchdowns in that game and then had a uh, really strong game at the end of the year 23 for 33 for 301 and three scores uh against the Tennessee Titans like this is a guy that they you know they believe in and they, well at least believe enough to give him a chance to see if he could be a guy that they could have at the helm moving forward. But, you know, while they're kind of everything else is in flux, I would say, you know, this is the right time to take guys that you feel like definitely make your team better. And right now for them, you know, those safety spots with uh, Eric Murray and Terrence Brooks, you know, you add a player like Jalen Petrie now in there, that's a guy that can do a lot for you. Play in the nickel position, you can play safety as well. You add, uh, you know, Derek Stingley, a little bit of a risk there. I mean, I think he's a crazy talented player. If you guys might have heard me the other day, I, I said Derek Stingley, kind of right where he belongs, and I, I do believe that. Um, and so they've added two really good secondary players, and I guess they're going to go from here and see if they can end up building that defense because there's not much on that defense that looks like it's going to be, you know, a, a pushing top 15 in the league or, you know, get, getting themselves uh, in any, you know, competitive space. But adding players like Petrie, like Stingley, I think it's a really good uh, good base for them to keep going. So, you know, that was a player that I thought was a first-round talent just because he's going to make your team better wherever he went. Tyquan Thornton to the Patriots. I think Patriots fans, like they've been built – they've been burned, excuse me, off guys who are intangible guys, you know, like Nikhil Harry, uh, for example. Uh, you know, I, I think – Guys like that, uh, you know, are, are players that kind of worry about, you know, the, the big wide receiver, whoever it is, they, you know, getting a guy like a Philip Dorsett whenever they, they traded for him in that situation. But um, Tyquan Thornton just blew everybody away with his speed. And, and you know, it was my belief that he was, you know, the second best probably offensive weapon they had last year behind Abram Smith. So, I th- you know, I, I like that pick. And then obviously some of these other guys – are going to be you know more role players, uh, but I think that these these guys are a good basis, and you look forward for Baylor. You know, somebody like Apuika seems like a guy who's going to be one of the most sought after defensive tackles in next year's draft. So I think there's reason to be upbeat about Baylor's perspective and ask the question. Right, TCU kind of had a stranglehold on guys going high in the draft out of the non Oklahoma and, and you know actually even more Southern Texas out of that group though. The, they put a they put a lot of guys in that first round of the draft. TCU did now. You know, did the did the Jalen Ragers of the world always work out? No, but they always got guys. You know, like Trayvon Morrigs there. I mean, 
the thing for them now is that Gary Patterson's gone. So there is a transition happening. So the expectation of great defensive players coming out of TCU, I think that drops off a bit. And you think about the teams that are going to be in the league next. Who could be that? You know, I'm not saying NFL, you know, NFL factory, but maybe, you know, maybe Baylor's defense becomes one of the uh, mainstays of, you know, hey, you want guys from Baylor defense. Baylor defense sends, you know, every other year sending four or five guys to the league like they did this year. Obviously, they got to reload, restock now, but, you know, maybe, maybe that's how it works. Maybe, maybe it is a Georgia, uh, no, not Georgia light, if you will, because, and look, you might say, oh, that's, a, that's a huge stretch. Well, you know, Dave Aranda is a great defensive, uh, great defensive mind. It was a great defensive mind at LSC. They put guys into the league, right? So that's why that's where I'm coming from on that end of things. Um, so once again, Baylor, winner number one for me. Winner number two, Iowa State. I know OU put more teams in the draft, but Iowa State for a team, and we'll get to the guys who were drafted, but for a team that had so many expectations for what was supposed to happen for them, how that team was supposed to go last year that preseason top 10 ranking and Hey, could Brock Purdy take the next step and uh, you know, Charlie Kolar be a star, uh, you know, and some of the guys in the defense as well. Can you, know, could they, could they be uh, high end draft picks and, and guys like Xavier Hutchinson, can they get the shot? And I thought Xavier Hutchinson, you know, I'm not a huge fan of him. I think he's a little overrated, but I mean, I don't think he had a bad year uh, last year, you know, just still the, the fact they got those, four, they got four guys into the league. They got four guys drafted off that team. You know, I think it's a good foundation for like you know, for saying, hey, this is a you know, this is a place where we will put guys into the league. And I think also they're set up well for next year with Xavier Hutchinson, with a Will McDonald. Those are guys that I think you will see get drafted and you have a chance to go pretty high next year, depending on how things go this year for them. Uh, and so this is, you know, I think it's still, despite the disappointment, a good foundation now. I think maybe a lack of success for Iowa State can be pinned on the fact that some of those guys didn't necessarily take the leaps that they needed to. Um, and the guys that were drafted, uh, it was Brees Hall. I always mess up, you know, the first name for Awazarike, uh, Charlie Kolar, and Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. So Brees Hall to the Jets. People said, well, they got Michael Carter last year, so why are you going with another running back. That's fair enough. But for a team, you know, people think the Jets crushed the draft, and and I, I think they had a great draft as well. We talked about that a bit on Friday's show uh, and how good their first round was. Brees Hall, for a player like a Zach Wilson, is immediately going to, you know, I mentioned Jalen Petrie making your team better. Brees Hall is going to make your team better. Guys, we watched it every single game. And, and look, he's not the athlete that a Bijan Robinson is. He's not the alien that an Adrian Peterson is. Just thinking of guys off the top of my head, Big 12, you know, uh, running backs who are just, there's something a little bit different about the way that they can attack from that position. But in terms of a player, like what like what he has accomplished and what he does on a consistent basis, and consistency is a word, right? Uh, you know, a touchdown, and was a 24, ended up being however many straight games, he sets the record. Like, just dependable on a position that is always one that is undependable because the amount of hits uh, that guys take, the amount of punishment that running backs take for Brees Hall, you know, go there to the jets. I think it's a great option because he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a true, he's a true three down back, right? He's a true three down back. So you can mix him in, you mix him with Michael Carter and he's just going to make your team better. Sure. Maybe it's, it's a weird position for the jets. I think another team could have used him a bit more, but their offense, you know, they're trying to build around Zach Wilson 
mean, it's it's hard to make an argument that you know that giving a guy like Brees Hall does not make life a bit easier for him. Now, once again, blocking does matter. Uh, a lot of these things in the NFL, especially that position of running back, are going to be a function of that. But Brees will find a way to be effective. Uh, I don't think you know it's going to be a situation where we're thinking, oh, you know, Brees Hall is just not good enough to stand up to the NFL. It's got to find ways to be effective. So I think they made the right choice. Or I think it's a team in that range making the right choice. Um, right there. Uh, Charlie Collard, the Ravens, you know, he, I saw a really interesting, uh, he made some comments about, Hey, Mark Andrews was a guy that I looked up to. So the fact that I can now bother him with a ton of questions, uh, is going to be awesome for him. And I, I think Charlie Collard is definitely somebody that's going to fit in well with Baltimore. Uh, they got a really good, I thought every single time Baltimore picked, I was like, oh, I was good. That was really good. I was really Tyler Beatty in Missouri Tiger. I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's really strong. Kyle Hamilton, who I love. I'm a huge Kyle Hamilton fan. I was, like, oh, was awesome. Tyler Linderbaum. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's, you know, he's just a good player. Sure, he only plays center and probably doesn't give you flexibility at guard, but we saw how important Creed Humphrey was last year, you know, in KC uh, for the Chiefs. So, you know, why not Linderbaum being a really another effective player in that sense as well? And, and Charlie Kolar, I think somebody can fit in there. They use multiple tight ends. They use multiple backs. So I, I think Charlie Kolar is going to get an opportunity in KC, to, or excuse me, in Baltimore to get some reps. I like that pick for them. So while while Iowa State didn't have the season that I think we we believe they were going to have, um, a lot of encouraging signs there about you know being a, a, not just about recruiting for talent, right? Like this, putting guys in the league like this, even though it was a down year for them, is a really good boon to be like, look, we got guys at defensive line, uh, we got Brock Purdy at quarterback. Uh, you know, we, we got, you know, either Mr. Relevant, like you can come here and six and look, that was the, that was kind of the baseline. Like, like Brock Purdy could have been better, should have been better in many ways. He was Mr. Relevant and, you know, and, and so he still was able to get drafted and go and uh, you know, think people believe Hunter Deckers might be able to achieve more than what Brock Purdy achieved during his time at Iowa state. So I, I think there's a lot of encouraging signs in that you can play a skill position, like running back Xavier Hutchinson will get drafted eventually. So there are, there are ways to go to play at a place like Iowa state and still get drafted and get drafted pretty high. Uh, all right. One more winner, but first a quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by built bar. Go to built.com today. That's built.com. Use the promo code lock 15 L O C K E D one five lock 15 for 15% off at built.com today. Plenty of new flavors at Built.com. Uh, they've got uh, Built Bars that are flavored like banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and many more. They've got 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs, as well as 17 grams of protein. So go to Built.com today. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. So the last team I've got in the winner's category. Got to give it to Oklahoma. They just put guys in the draft. The guys I'm about to read you off are the remnants of the Lincoln-Riley era. Really the remnants of the Alex Grinch era. 
they put a lot of defensive guys into the league. And we heard so much about how Oklahoma's defense last year was supposed to be the defense that physically held up against elite competition more so than other than other defense of the past. I think this draft reflects that. I think this draft reflects NFL teams seeing seeing the things that we saw in the individual talents. Right? So while it might not have all come together all the time, OU's defense did have some moments, but while it didn't come together all season long, I think this draft shows the individual talents that they got. I think Oklahoma fans can expect more of these individual talents as you know more with more frequency when you get a guy like a um Brent Venables in there to be your head coach. So here it is Nick Benito at 64, Brian Osimo at 66, Perion Winfrey at 108, Delarin Turner Yell at 152, uh Michael Woods at 202, Isaiah Thomas at 223, and then Marquise Hayes at 257. Four of those guys, the first four I mentioned, uh, or five of those guys are on defense. The first four I mentioned that were picked were all on defense. Uh, the Browns had themselves a little OU party. They got three guys from Oklahoma, two of them on the defensive side. But only two of the seven that I mentioned are offensive players, which is really interesting when you consider kind of the offensive uh, mindset, I think, that we approach Oklahoma with when we think about, a hey, OU, Lincoln-Riley offense. No, I mean – that didn't go the way it should have. I think it should have been a lot better on defense for Alex Grinch, but still they put guys in the league. Perry on Winfrey. There were some, you know, as much as he killed, killed the draft process, killed pro day, or excuse me, killed the, the senior bowl, right? Tested so well. Um, I think there were some questions about some off the field stuff, you know, that not stuff that I'm totally at liberty to discuss. Uh, and you know, not stuff that I, I've confirmed, but you know, from old people I've, I've heard it there, you know, there are a couple questions, about Perrion Winfrey, at least as it pertained to some off-the-field things. Nick Benino, I know there's some people that get questions about how well it's going to translate for him. I think people really like Brian Osamoa to the Vikings, too. I think it's a guy who's going to get some run uh, as well. Then Isaiah Thomas, another really talented guy. You know, Let's see if he makes the roster over uh, with the Browns, and I think he's got a chance to. But from the perspective of, hey, look, these were talented players. They should have done better. Uh, you know, I, I think that's totally fair, but I think individually this shows the assessments that NFL teams were making and saying, look, yeah, these guys are as ta- or well, they're relatively talented or they're relatively good, you know, productive players in relation to what we thought they should have been. They're still kind of in that zone. All right, let's do some losers right here now. Next, got a few of them. Number one is Texas. All right, for the first time since 2014, and the second time. In the University of Texas history, they did not have a player get drafted. They did not have a player get drafted. Shocking, I know. Um, you know, I think this was a sign of what was happening at Texas this past year. I know Sark wasn't pleased with the roster overall. Um, you know, I know there was videos, the Bo Davis video, obviously, that came out, and there were other incidents as well, and Sark mentioning how many new guys there would be. This just wasn't a roster that he really liked fully, I don't think. This wasn't a roster that I think he believed in. That's why he mentioned publicly there was going to be so much turnover. And so I think this is a result of that, that a roster that didn't gel the coaching staff, you know, at least in this year one, that's why guys didn't get developed. You know, that's why guys were not ready to go to the league. 
Uh, that's that's why Oakland, that's why Texas is a loser. Now, with the recruiting class they just hauled in, and some of the transfers they got uh, in recruiting class, obviously those guys won't be ready to go to the draft. But like, I think, especially the transfers they got, and, and some of the other guys remaining, Keandre Coburn's of the world, there is a good chance that that flips. I mean, they've got a guy in uh, in Bijan Robinson, you know. Um, Bijan might not produce at the level of Brees Hall. Very difficult to do something like that. But Bijan Robinson, as a talent, is a more uh, NF. It's it's, it's going to be a more valued NFL commodity. Like, there's a good chance he goes in the first round next year uh, because of. I mean, he he's he's. You know, we've mentioned a bunch. Like, I don't really know what else to say. He's special. He's just different. It's just different when you watch Bijan Robinson play. Now there is some slowing down that happens in the second half, and we see what happens and. Running back week is coming up, folks. I'm really excited for. It. I'm really excited to talk running backs. I think this league is very intriguing after how many how many guys they had leave and now where they are, you know, where we're at now. Um, so I'm excited to discuss that. But I think Bijan Robbins is the number one guy. You think? Hey, what about Roshan Johnson too? The chance that he could also make an impact in the league. He's you know he's a good player. He's stuck behind uh, one of the most talented running backs that we've ever seen. So I think there's a chance he could have a big impact next season too. But as it goes for this year, no players in the University of Texas in the first round of the NFL draft. Also, losers as well. West Virginia and TCU, the only other two uh, Big 12 teams outside of Texas that did not have a player drafted this year. Uh, West Virginia in some transition. Now, look, if this thing goes, let's just say this thing goes best case scenario. I mean, JT Daniels could be a first rounder next year. And that's best case scenario. It's really everything is over the moon. Everything works fantastically. That guy's a five-star talent. I think NFL scouts are just waiting for him to show it. If he does it, if he's, you know, if, if he doesn't get hurt next year, like I think that's all NFL scouts need. We just say, all right, you know, yeah, we're good. If, if he's good enough, and then, you know, I think he'll get the opportunity to. If he lights the world on fire at West Virginia, which he might, I think he's got a pretty limited receiving core, but let's just say he lights the world on fire with some limited uh, options. You know, I think there's a chance he could. TCU's calling card has been the defense when it's pertained to the draft. So they would, you know, I think the, the the thing for them is Quentin Johnston is the guy you look at next year. It's okay. Is this guy, could, could this guy be a top receiver? You know, I've seen some lists that, that fancy him to be, maybe somebody who could be a top whiteout in the next draft. Um, and he, I, I, I'm a huge fan of him. He's, a, you know, he was, he is the Max Duggan big play target. So, I think there's a good chance that he could be a guy, but that that identity of TCU is changing some, and I think that's why we didn't see any top level talent from then. Also, big big loser, and I guess now Big 12's winner in a, in a certain way is the American Athletic Conference. Uh, the AAC, you know, having having as much success as a school, uh, you know, like a Cincinnati did. Nine players drafted. From Cincinnati, the only other schools that had that many players drafted were Georgia with 15 and LSU with LSU, you know, just shows you not necessarily success always translates to NFL draft picks. LSU had 10 players drafted. uh, And and then you also I mentioned Georgia with the 15 players drafted and then nine, nine from Cincinnati. Penn State was up there with eight, too, but. Cincinnati third most players drafted. Now it shows obviously they're in the playoffs, but still it wasn't like these, you know, um, this was some fluky, small little operation. These guys were taken, they were taken pretty high. Like Sauce Gardner was taken pretty high. You know, Kobe Bryant was taken uh, later on in the draft, day three guy, but still, you know, day two or day three, but teams were interested 
in those players. Desmond Ritter was the second quarterback taken. Who, who saw that coming? So, um, you know, I, I, I shout out to them. And then Houston gets a few guys in there too. UCF with one, but the AAC's loss will be the Big 12's gain. And I think that's something from a draft perspective I want to get and do more as we go down the line and think about this offseason. Also, we think about a new Big 12 conference. You know, when we get 14 teams, we talked about it last week. We hope so. Not sure though. Uh, but, but in terms of draft, this could definitely help them. All right, one more quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online and BetOnline.net. Go to Bet Online today to bet on the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs coming up, as well UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and F1. Go to Bet Online and BetOnline.net today. Bet Online, that's where the game starts. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO Big 12. You guys can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you guys get your podcast and on YouTube as well. We'll be back in the normal space tomorrow. Till next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.